Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast where you have two brothers discussing fantasy football. I am one of the hosts. My name is Derek. The other host is my big brother from the same mother. His name is Daryl. Daryl, what's up, man? We on here to week 10. How you feeling out there? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good today. Week 10 is here. Two digits after the word week. Like I said last time, man, just flying by, trying to keep pace with everything. And um, it's at this point where you start looking at numbers and stats and like you should be like filtering in. Okay, they like this for the season, but what about these last four or five weeks? And, and like you're trying to remember, well, why was this so bad? Was the quarterback out? Oh, yeah, Tua was hurt for two weeks and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's it's good. It's moving along, but trying to remember all the narratives and how things played out through the season. It's all swimming through your head, but that's why we're here. We got you, and we try to do our best to remember that stuff so you don't have to. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, on my end, it, it kind of broke up there for you on a little part of that. But, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those times where, you know, you're looking at rosters, you're seeing, okay, who are some potential guys I can maybe buy low on or is there anybody I can sell high? Because, of course, some trade, um, the Trump trade dates for some of these leagues are entering. But let's get on with the show. Today we have um, our segment, I Can Do That, coming back. Uh, we'll also look at our DBB pick for the Carolina-Atlanta game. But, of course, we'll get things started off with our matchups. We have three games that we want to look at this week. And we're going to first start with that Minnesota-Buffalo game. Minnesota sitting at 7-1, and one, Buffalo at 6-2. and two. Buffalo, to our sheet, is a six-point favorite, and the over-under is 46 in this game. I'm going to toss this first to you, Daryl. Let's look at that Minnesota side. Um, what intrigues you there? Word, word, word. Okay, so when I started looking at this matchup, I went and looked at the current lines, and it's currently Buffalo minus three and a half. So what I'm seeing is that the market clearly thinks that Josh Allen is not going to play, and he didn't practice today, so that's the way it's looking on that front. But looking at yep. the Minnesota side, um, the Buffalo defense, they're just fine. So I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Kirk Cousins and the passing game versus this elite Buffalo pass, Steve. Um, you know, I'd maybe consider streaming. If I had Kirk Cousins as my starter, I'd maybe consider streaming this week. But, okay. you know. You know that that may that may not be an option for you, given some of the quarterbacks that are out this week on bye. Plus, you know, the quarterback on the opposite side is going to um, and Josh Allen is going to be out, so you may be in a little bit of competition for streaming quarterbacks. But um, we'll talk. We'll actually talk about a guy later on when we when we preview a different game that I think could be a decent streaming option. Anyway, um, Justin Jefferson, he's an auto start. I would just temper expectations. This week, I'm not I'm not expecting a smash week from him, but the guy's good enough. You're going to play him no matter no matter who they play, even if they're playing the Monstars. You you're going to start Justin Jefferson, <laughs> not the Monstars. Um, I look at I look at Adam Thielen as as a what the heck 
a what the heck flex this week. I, you know, if you have to start him for whatever reason, okay, but I'm not expecting a whole lot just because, you know, number one, Jefferson's been eating the most in that offense. And number two, with um, the guy I'm about to talk about now, TJ Hawkinson, he just bust through the scene last week and just announced himself. Yep. And so, and that, that ended up kind of coming at the expense of Thielen and, you know, Hawkinson, I was just about to say, is an auto start for me as well. And Buffalo's Buffalo's not a suffocating matchup. At least I don't think I don't think they're a suffocating matchup against tight ends. But because of because of what we saw from Hawkinson in just that last week, and because of the nature of the tight end position, he's just he's just an auto start. You're not about to go to the waiver wire and find anything better. So, you know. Hawkinson, you're going to play Thielen uh, if you have to. And Dalvin is also an auto start. And as a matter of fact, he could lead that offense. Like, he could be the engine of that Minnesota offense this week because, you know, both both the passing and the run defense for Buffalo are pretty good. But that run defense has been slipping a little Mm -hmm. bit as of late. And so that's something that Minnesota could – and should choose to at least try to take advantage of. So that, that could lead to a big day for Dalvin, as if you weren't going to start him anyway. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, that, that's it in a nutshell for me on on Minnesota. What what are you thinking? Yeah, I had that same note about Buffalo's defense from the rushing aspect been slipping a little bit, um, especially when you look at it from the fantasy perspective. So definitely a good note that you touched on that. Um, the two things I really want to touch on was that Quick uh, flowers for Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Um, he's QB 12 on the season. You drafted him as QB 14. So, I mean, look, that's that's a little bit of value there. But, hey, this guy's been a top 12 quarterback five out of eight weeks. So, pretty much, you know, where you drafted him, he's pretty much giving you what you expected. He's been a late-round QB that has given you some upside weeks. And, you know, hopefully the guys that you passed on um, like such as Hurts or Murray and, you know, um, and Herbert and those guys that you ended up getting, you know, some running backs or wide receivers that were talented to make up the difference. The other note, just with TJ Hawkinson, again, very solid debut. Uh, regarding Buffalo, I wanted to look at their uh, fantasy performance as it comes to defending tight ends. In the last four games, they've been eighth in points, giving up two tight ends. So I said, okay, what tight ends were they facing during that time? So I looked at it, and it was Pittsburgh. So you had Zach Gentry and Pat Fryermuth, who had seven catches. They got the good old Kelsey treatment, eight for 108. Robert Tunyon had five for 35. And then C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Conklin with the Jets had four catches. So all that to say, there's some uh, production here for Hawkinson to get some receptions. Now, what kind of yardage he's going to get? Of course, we'll find out on Sunday. But, yeah, you're putting in Hawkinson in, and I think there could be some upside with him. Yeah, absolutely. Also, yeah. Flowers for Kirk. That sounds like the name of, like, a touchy-feely movie, like um, <laughs> like a romantic comedy. I'm, I'm with that. Right, right, or a bad punk rock band or something. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's look at the Buffalo side. Going to be a little interesting this week because we may not have Josh Allen. What what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so um, I got to do this in an A case and a B case. Let's have the A case as if Josh Allen is there. You just pretend it's any other game. You're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Diggs. You're starting um, you're starting Gabe Davis as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. If Dawson Knox is your tight end, you know you 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 start him. You probably won't find much better on on the waiver wire. Um, and you know it's it's just business as usual for the way you go about starting your Buffalo Bills if Josh Allen does play. Now, if he doesn't play, you know obviously that's gonna that's gonna depress the entire offense. Even though there's a little bit of narrative there potentially there, the Case Keenum revenge game and whatnot. Um, no, you but, did not pull that out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in order for it to be a revenge game, you know the the team that uh, that the that the player left would have to have done them wrong, and I, I don't remember the circumstances of Case Keenum leaving. Besides just be, Case Keenum leaving Minnesota, besides just being Case Keenum, so um, I'm I'm not exactly sure if there's ill will there, but if there is, well, maybe, <laughs> but I'm not going to bank on that. <laughs> um, you know, you're still you're still starting digs, but it's the same kind of situation I mentioned, like with Justin Jefferson before. You're just kind of tempering your expectations um, ba- based on you, you know not having one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, um, throwing him the ball. I think Gabe Davis shifts down from like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type to like a flex play because a lot of his inherent value is YOLO balls from from Josh Allen. And, you know, I think the likelihood – I this is just my thoughts. I think the likelihood of those YOLO balls even being thrown in the first place goes down with Case Keenum. Um, now – I don't exactly know what to make of Isaiah McKenzie. It could be the kind of thing where he sees more work because Keenum doesn't want to be as adventurous as Josh is and, you know, kind of take those middle of the field, uh, tech down routes or, or whatever. But it seems to me that I would depress. It seems to me logical to depress your expectations of Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I know I'll be playing him as a flex in one league because I'm in a position where I have to. If I had the choice to pivot away from him, I I, I would take it, but I don't I, I don't have that. So I think he's an acceptable flex play as well. But again, I'm not expecting much there. I already spoke to Dawson to Dawson Knox um, and the running game. So with Devin Singletary. I think this kind of bumps him down to a flex option because on on one hand, Buffalo's Buffalo's run game is a pretty lower tier run game and the Minnesota run D has been playing pretty well lately. Um they they've they've been looking really good like by by the by the numbers as they say. So, you know, you take out the dynamic quarterback, you come in with a quarterback uh you know, a backup quarterback league average quarterback, whatever, you would expect maybe Buffalo is going to want to run the ball a little bit more. And well, Minnesota's probably going to know that too. So, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't not play him, but I would really hope I had a you were playing him as a 
running back two anyway. I'd really hope maybe I had another guy I could I could either get in there or you know at best I'd have I'd only have to play him as a flex. And my final note is I'm just saying no to uh, Cook and Hines for for Hines. I I want to see you know I I want to see what he looks like you know when he's had like a full week or whatever in the game plan before I'd put him in. I wouldn't put him in if Josh Allen were playing anyway. And Cook, um, I guess kind of same deal because I want to see how things are going to shake out with Hines with Josh Allen in there. I certainly am not enthused to do that with Josh Allen out of there. And uh, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on, on Buffalo this week. Okay, got you. Yeah, I'm just going to work under the assumption that Josh Allen doesn't play this week. And working on that assumption, I think everybody just kind of goes down a little bit here. Um, obviously, you're still going to have digs in your lineup, like you mentioned. Um, I'm fine with having Singletary there, but again, he kind of downgrades to a flex play. I wouldn't be too confident of putting Gabe Davis in my lineup, the forever boom bust play. And, you know, now I'm having him going to, you know, Case Keenum, even though Case Keenum um, tended to kind of, you know, sling the ball around, if you will. Uh, shout out to U of H, go Cougs. Um, I'm just not constant. I'm just not confident with putting him um, in there if I if I could have another play on my team or a roster. So that's pretty much it. One other or I guess one other quick highlight on Dawson Knox. He's running roughly 80 percent of the routes now, at least the past three games. He's only getting a 10 percent target share. So. You know, maybe there's maybe there's something with Keenum here who he maybe keeps the ball closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe some upside for Knox there, but that's pretty much grasping at straws. I have him kind of as like a tight end two for the week, and that's what I got on Buffalo. Sure, yeah, I, I agree with you on Dawson Knox. He's kind of like a dark throw, yeah, tight end play this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so. The next game we're going to cover is Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions going to play the Chicago Bears in Chicago. The last line that I saw on this game has Chicago minus three and the over under at 48.5. Woo, big number. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll let you go ahead and start us off this time. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking about the Lions offensive weapons. Yeah, so those Detroit Lions, I think this game against Chicago could have some potential shootout um, production here. Relating to the quarterback with Jared Goff, he hasn't been really good lately, especially from the fantasy sense, too. Um, He's been QB 18 or worse every week since week four. So not a guy you wanted to have on your roster, but, you know, there were weeks where it looked like he was a streamable play and you probably played him and it just didn't work out for you. But against the Chicago defense, we've seen that shootout potential with the Dolphins and the Cowboys within the past two weeks. And even early on, um, the Vikings had got kind of three touchdowns early um, on them in the first half game a couple weeks back. So again, I would be fine with streaming golf here. Um, if you're in a, if you're in that spot where maybe you don't have Lamar or uh, Joe Burrow available to you. In regards to the running backs with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, I would say pay attention to the reports with Swift and see if there's maybe 
any kind of inclination of his snaps increasing by chance. Um, but it's been, it's been for um, d- teams going up against Chicago. It's been great running production. Um, Dalvin Cook had a good get right game against them. Uh, Tony Pollard had three touchdowns against them. Uh, we just saw last week two touchdowns between Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson, and then Saquon ran for 146. So with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, I think you have two guys here that can definitely take advantage of that. In regards to Jamal Williams, uh, last week you know, he had 24 rushes, 81 yards. So you like to see that number of touches, um, even though not really that efficient. But 48 of those yards came after contact. So I think this is a good spot for for him as well as Swift. And um, I guess the question I have for you that I thought of is if you have DeAndre Swift and let's say you had, uh, let's see, well, Devin Singletary, that's one guy we just talked about. And let's say Antonio Gibson, um, which one would you start Okay, I definitely think I'd definitely go Singletary first. Okay. Well, okay, I'll say this much. I think DeAndre Swift is the most talented of those three guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Based on what's been going on lately, though, and, you know, this kind of, I can't even call it up and down nature of what's been going on with DeAndre. It's just kind of down as far as his usage goes. I'm going to go Singletary. If McKissick is for sure ruled out, then I'm going to go with first Singletary, then um, then Antonio Gibson, and then DeAndre Swift. That's that's how I play. But that's just for this week. Okay, that's just yeah, for this yeah, week yeah. because yeah, it, you know, I don't. I just really don't feel confident in what's going on with DeAndre Swift's usage right now. I got you. Yeah, I asked about those guys because um, Singletary per PFF for this week is ranked above him. And um, Antonio Gibson is a couple spots below him. So I just wanted to feed that to you, see what you thought. And finally, I'll go into the pass catching options. I'm in Ross St. Brown. He's in your lineup. Um, Even though it hasn't been that exciting production you got early, the man is seeing 32% um, targets per route run his last four games. You want that. Put that in. (laughs) And then it looks as though Josh Reynolds is, um, well, he was a DNP today uh, regarding practice, so he's not going to be there. Khalif Raymond, um, he could be, uh, I mean, he could be, he could be, you know, something as a lower flex play. Um, He is out there. He's getting around five targets a game, 17% target share, 22% of the air yard share. So, you know, if you're in a pinch for a flex play, I don't mind it, but I'm not in love with it. And then tight ends, eel, don't touch. No thanks. Word. Okay. So we we share a lot of the same thoughts here. Um, starting at the top of things, this should be the get bright, the get back on track game for Amon Ra. Um, he's been, the man's been down for a long time. It's time for him to remind the world of what his name is. So, and this is the matchup to do it. This is the matchup to do it. And totally agree with you. Like, like you said earlier, like very great shootout potential here. 
he's the target hog on this team, especially now that Hawkinson is gone. So this is this is why you drafted him. This is this is his time. This is his time. Um, to touch on Jared Goff, I think he could be a serviceable streaming option. You know, like we talked about, if Josh Allen is going to miss in that last game, Goff could be a stream um, a serviceable streaming option. Um, because yeah, again, the Chicago passing D is one of the worst in the league, and it's been one of the worst in the league like lately. So, you know, I know that I know that Goff has he's kind of fallen since that somewhat hot start that he had earlier in the year, but just like it's a good spot for Amirati to get right, I think that that holds for Goff too. Um, other than that. Oh, yes, Khalif Raymond. I'm right there with you. I think he's kind of a flyer flex play. And it's just based upon the fact that in each of the last three games, he's seen 91% or more route participation. So Ooh, it's – Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really just like kind of a volume play. Like he's, he's out there. It's a good matchup for Detroit. So, hey, maybe um, maybe the sun could shine on him a little bit as well. And as for the as for the running backs for for Detroit, it's a great matchup for them like so far on the year the Bears are giving up the six most points per game to the running back position. So Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, you know, I'm I'm putting them in cuz one if you have DeAndre Swift, you're probably in a position where you know, well, hell, you you know, you have to draft them you know, bottom of the first, kind of top of the second, saying you've been waiting on him to get right. So you're probably in a situation where you need to start him if he's playing. And you know, you could you could catch the first in in the wave um, as far as his his comeback goes. And Jamal Jamal Williams, his role has just it's just been solid throughout the whole year. He's going to get the goal line. He's going to get some passing down work, and he's going to get you know the short the short down and distance work as well. So, you know, there's room for both of them. There's room for both of them to eat this week if the offense um, if the offense fires. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are the few little thoughts I have on the Lions offense. What, what do you say about the Bears? Them Chicago Bears. Got to first start with Justin Fields. Been having absolutely great, American football hoopage out here, especially for fantasy production. His last four games, he's averaging about 160 passing yards a game. Nothing great there at all, but he's had seven touchdowns and two interceptions during that time, which, you know, if you extrapolated that over a season, that would be about 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's that's solid QB play. Um especially if you're going to give me an average of about 102 rushing yards during that same time, just craziness. Like you put this, put this man in your lineup. Um, Detroit is giving the second most rushing yards per game to the quarterback position. Put this man in your lineup, Detroit, one of the lower pressure rates to the quarterback and giving up the third most points per game to the position overall. Put this man in your lineup. That's it. (laughs) Um, looking at the Nailed the it. running backs with David Montgomery. No, go ahead. No, I just said nailed it. 
Oh, my my bad, my bad. So yeah, looking at the running backs with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Uh, Montgomery's coming in at seventeenth on the week per PFF, and Herb- Herbert at twenty ninth per week. Um, Detroit's defense against the run when it relates to fantasy points has not been good, giving up an average of about 23 attempts and 115 yards on those attempts with about 25.7 fantasy points to running backs. So I think with Montgomery, I would say that he's a solid RB2 start. He's still the starter here. And with Khalil Herbert, um, I'm not too interested in actually putting him in my starting lineup, but if you're in a pinch, he could be a lower tier flex play for you. And then on to the pass catch, pass catching options. We saw the debut of Chase Claypool. I would expect uh, more of his participation in routes going forward as he gets comfortable with the offense um, in relation or in regards to Darnell Mooney. He's seeing around eight targets a game with five and a half catches his last four games. And within those last four games, three of them, he's been a top 36 wide receiver. So that makes Darnell Mooney, in my eyes, a solid, very solid flex play. And then when you look at the tight end position, um, Cole Komet has some output here, had two touchdowns last week. When we look at Detroit, in regards to tight ends, they're fourth on the season on points given up to that position at around 15.7, and it's about seven targets per game that tight ends have seen against Detroit. So, you know, if you're in that pinch, I wouldn't mind streaming Cole Commit this week. What are your thoughts on the, on Chicago? Well, yeah. All right, for me with Chicago, I don't really have too much more to add on top of what you said. It's just – I'm wanting to see and hoping to see that they just continue to to get better and take these forward steps with their offense because the biggest problem so far in the season with their offense has been the pie has just been too small. You know, if they can grow that out, run a few more plays, run a few more pass plays and keep drives going longer, like that's going to be the key to their success. And this matchup is just, it's just a great one all around. Excuse me. Sorry about that. This matchup is just a great one all around for all of their weapons. You know, if this were right. any other if this were any other offense, you'd be like, yeah, fire everybody up. You know. Um, in this case, I guess, you know, I will speak just to Cole Komet for a second. This is his usage is great. The matchup is good. The main problem is just pass volume. And so, you know, they could end up getting, you know, so like to compare them maybe just a little bit to the Eagles. With the Eagles, you get into an issue where it's a matter of, is it going to be Devontae or AJ or Goddard who's going to have the blow-up week with, you know, with Claypool, Mooney, and Komet, it's kind of, which one of them is going to be just like a solid plug into your offense and the other guys just aren't going to do anything. So like it's right. if they can grow that pie, that's going to that's going to really make this offense take off. So, you know, that that's really all I'm looking for here. All the advice you gave on this is is right in line with with stuff that I was thinking. So, you know, we can we can go ahead and wrap up on this one. 
Right on. Let's move on to the last matchup we're going to look at. Those Cleveland Browns sitting at three and five. Coming off the bye week, we'll get the Miami Dolphins at six and three. Miami per our sheet is a four-point favorite. Over-under is a juicy 49. Let's start on that Cleveland Browns side, Daryl. What you got for me? All right. So, I'll look at the past <clears throat> game first. I think that Jacoby Brissett is a pretty good streaming option this week as well. Um, and, you know, we talked about – I talked about Jared Goff being a good streaming option. I think that I would put Jacoby um, a, a step above him just because Jacoby has that rush of floor. J- Jacoby's used in short yardage and goal line situation. So he – and he's, you know, just more athletic than, than Goff. So there's a little bit more of um, – I don't want to – maybe a rushing floor slash um, the ability to get rushing touchdowns that Jacoby uh, that Jacoby has. Um, because, well, I guess the reason why I'm thinking that is because this Miami pass defense is not is not anything to be to be afraid of at, at, at all. You know, we just saw last week them get into a shootout with with Chicago, who who we just talked about, and you know, a lot of that was on the back of Justin Fields being able to run and and whatnot. But this goes beyond. This goes beyond just, you know, having a quarterback that can get 178 yards on the ground. You know, Miami has Miami's been in many shootouts so far this year. And I think that Cleveland has the horses to to go tit for tat with them. I think this is a um a potential smash spot for Amari Cooper. Um the the Dolphins defense, like their their secondary um by by efficiency metrics, by PFF, it's not very highly rated. And as far as when you look at the fantasy points given up to wide receivers on a per-game basis, they're about average. So I, I, I think that Amari has a, a really good chance to come off the bye week and just, you know, be be that man that, that he's been all season. I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is a good, you know, dart throw flex play like a wide receiver three flex play. He's had great usage recently, over 90% route participation in his last three games. Target share in the high teens, low 20s every game. You know, he is, since Njoku has been out, like he's really been that second target for for Brissett. So I think if you're, if you're, if you're in a bind and you need a flex option, for this week, you know, I, I would grab DPJ off waivers, or if you if you've been taking our advice and you already have him, I would I'd be fine with starting him this week. Unfortunately, and David and Joku, you know, he talked earlier this week about you know his his intention to play this week. He has not been back to practice yet, so it's not trending well for him to come back from his high ankle. Injury, I want to say, is what it was. So, you know, the the kind of the unfortunate thing about that, besides the man being hurt, is that it the the Dolphins are a great matchup for tight ends. This would have been just an excellent time uh, to to roll and Joku out there because it would be his chance to eat. So, you know, if you're if he's not playing. 
Harrison Bryant becomes a somewhat interesting tight end plug and play. I, you know, his his usage numbers haven't haven't been great in the couple of games that he's played with Njoku out. So I wouldn't it wouldn't be an enthusiastic plug and play on my end if you have Njoku. I imagine you've probably already made preparations for weeks past. So, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily be be eager to put in Harrison Bryant, but you may need him for, you know, how we just, Darren Waller just got put on IR. So, you know, for, for Darren Waller managers, you may be in a position to go that route. I think you'd have better options, but he's not a terrible option. Um. Nick Chubb, the man is an auto start, no matter the situation. But Miami is a very tough run defense. So, you know, this is going to be it's going to be a, t- a tough matchup for him, but nothing that you would sit Nick Chubb over. I just wouldn't be totally surprised if it's just like kind of a regular day at the office for him as opposed to one of those um top end the RB1 or the RB2 or 3 type performances from him. Um, Now, as far as Kareem Hunt, he hasn't been giving you so far this year what you you hoped you would be getting from him when you drafted him. But I think he's a decent flex play in this game against the Dolphins. They've given up the seventh seventh most receiving yards to running backs this year, and they're tied for third in receiving touchdowns given up to running backs. So, there's a bit of a path there to get um, for, for some fantasy glory for Hunt. Hopefully, you know, he's entering your lineup as a flex. You know, hopefully you have two better options than him so far on your team. But, you know, if you have to plug him in as an RB2, he's, at the very least, he's not drawing dead in, in that matchup. Um, so, yeah, that is that, – that's my little that, – those are my takes on the Browns side of things. What What say you? Yeah, you you covered that pretty well. Um, the only thing I'm going to do is just have a little wax poetic time on Nicholas Jamal Chubb. He's second on the year in rushing yards, second in yards after contact. He is third in missed tackles, and he is sixth in broken tackles. Man is having a really good year. In regards to this matchup, Miami's been in the middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points given up to the position. So... From that aspect, it's just not a whole exciting play, but it's Nick Chubb. He's going to be in your lineup. And also a good note regarding Kareem Hunt, um, just a stat on him. He's getting about 11 touches per game, and we kind of talked about something similar with that, like last episode with Tyler Algier. He's somebody that's, you know, he's getting 11, 12 touches a game, so he's going to be somewhat of a play in every week. It's just about seeing how your roster's looking and seeing if this is the week to put them in or not, depending upon the matchup. And as you mentioned with the targets there, it could be possibly something he could take advantage of. But yeah, that's yeah, all I you're got hoping on for maybe Miami to run out to a lead or something like that. And it could end up being Nick Chubb. I mean, excuse me, Kareem Hunt season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's flip over to those Miami Dolphins making their way back home. Um, What you got for me there? All right. So, for certain, 
Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle are auto starts. Tua is tipping his way very, very – y'all might think I'm crazy if I don't have him as an absolute auto start, but he's just right. He's right on the edge of that for me. In this game, I'm definitely um, excited to play him. And I'll say that, you know, the Cleveland pass defense is not a pushover um, in terms of efficiency metrics and PFF grading, but they're not they're not the super elite either. Um, not to mention the fact that this Miami offense has just been on fire these past few weeks, and so you just want to stay with that. So if I got Tua, if I have Waddle, if I have Tyreek, they're in my lineups. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking twice about that. Um, I think that Mostert and Jeff Wilson are both very fine plays here. I think they're RB two slash flex um, starts this week. You know this this matchup against um, against the Cleveland run defense is juicy. It's extremely juicy. It's just the the main problem as far as the you know which one of them to choose from that's kind of hard to speak to because you know we talked about it earlier in the week and just looking at their at the well the one game they've had together so far this is looking like a true 50-50 split so you know i feel i feel good putting either one of them into my lineup and then just sitting there and praying that my guy is the one that's on the field when um you know there's the big running play or there's a you know there's a goal line situation or or something like that but i think they're they're both worthy gambles this week um given this matchup against the browns so yeah these guys are pretty easy to talk about well and then there's mike gesicki i'm not very excited to play him in this game um his route participation has fallen for three consecutive games and you couple that with the fact that the Browns are not an easy matchup for tight ends. That makes him that makes him like kind of on the wrong side of a dart throw to me. So I'm not I'm not really willing to play him. But all of Miami's main guys, you know, Tua, Reek, Waddle, Mostert, Wilson, I'm 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 very good with with all of them. And I'm hoping that this game uh is the shootout that, you know, Vegas is predicting it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Agreement there. Um, On the running back situation on PFF, they have Wilson and Mostert ranked as um, 26 and 27. They're ranked right next to each other. And right above them is DeAndre Swift. And so, excuse me, when I asked that question earlier, I didn't include those two guys because I know we were about to talk to them, talk about them in the next game, obviously. So now that we've talked about them, you going Jeff Wilson and or Raheem Mostert, both over Swift? Oh, man. Um, Gotti. I know. I know. I think I think I go with Swift just because I think he's worked into the passing game more than either Wilson or Mostert um, normally are because 
you know, when when Tua drops back to throw, he's mostly looking for his receivers, if I'm remembering this correctly. And I think that, yeah, I think that DeAndre is just more explosive than either, well, let me not say more explosive than either of these two guys, but more explosive in the past game than, than either of these two guys. You know, who's more likely to pop up with a, um, with a catch for 50 yards and a touchdown. I, I think that's, that's DeAndre, but it's, it's really a razor thin margin um, with me making that choice. I got you. And to be clear, PFF has Jeff Wilson higher than Mostert. So they have Wilson at 26 and Mostert at 27. So yeah, good. I just wanted to get your uh, input on that. I think that was a really good one to um, discuss there. What you got on it? Oh, you would turn it back on me, wouldn't you? <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah, I have. Right. I have Swift in a league, but I don't have the situation where I have one of these two guys to decide. But I'm in agreement with you. I would just go with Swift and look at the upside of you know him getting the catches out of the backfield, and of course him playing more snaps in the and they're both in a juicy matchup, but. Yeah, with him being in a juicy matchup as well. So, yeah, I would go Swift and probably have how uh, PFF has it. I would go Swift, Wilson, and then Moster if I have to put those three against each other. Bet, bet, bet. For sure. Well, um, let's go ahead. I was going to hit you with a surprise, but I'm I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to do it another time. Let's just go ahead and get into our next segment. Big eyes emoji. <laughs> Let's get into a little bit of I can do that. I can do that. Yes, sir. Welcome back to this segment here where we basically look at buy or sell opportunities for players. This week we have three of those that we want to look at. The first one we'll look at, and I'll pose to you, Daryl. Will Travis Etienne be a top three running back this week against the Chiefs? Uno, dos, tres. Um, right, right, right. Hmm. That's an interesting question because that man has been, you know, ever well since a little bit before James Robinson left town, and ever since James Robinson has left town, Travis Travis Etienne has been on the. He's just been on the rise. Now, can he do this against the Chiefs? Be a top three running back. Oh, that's the, that that's really tough to say. I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know what? He can do that. He can do that because this game has this game very much has some shootout potential to it. Or at the yep. very least, at the very least, I think that um I think that the Kansas City offense is can put Jacksonville in a position, you know, where they're gonna have to get a little bit looser with that offense, go a little bit more pass-heavy. Maybe we finally see Etienne get extensive use in that pass game to go with his rushing upside. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that Etienne can do that. What about you? All right, I'll mark you down for he can do that. Well, for yes, me, sir. just a couple things to go over. So he comes into this week per PFF ranked as running back number five. Uh, when we look at Kansas City, their top four in points given up to the position, and that includes averaging around seven receptions, 55 yards to the running back position. ETN has been out there for 70% plus of the rushing, temp- rushing attempts, 
and 50% plus of the routes the past two games. He going to do that. Oh, yeah. Super, super, super elite usage. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead. I'll run number two by you as well. Let's go ahead and talk about Corlin Sutton. Will Corlin Sutton be a wide receiver two or better this week versus the Titans? So, i.e., a top 24 wide receiver. I think he has the talent to do it. <laughs> um, but that's not. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just don't see it. There's not enough teams on by this week. Uh, I just don't. I just don't see him, him getting there with the way his usage has been going recently. Um, that's going to be a strong. He can't. He can't do that from, from me. And you know, coming off the performance that you saw, like. Um, the Kansas, the Kansas City wide receivers have last week, you know, particularly Juju. I want to say, you know, maybe he should be able to do something like that. But just given the state of things and the way they've been going for him, I have no reason to think that this man is about to do that. So <laughs> I'm gonna give that a, I'm gonna give a that a he can't do that. I got you. So Cortland Sutton, my man, comes in ranked as wide receiver thirty two for the week. And again, that's just for this specific week. Um, He's been a top 24 wide receiver three times this year, but those three times occurred within the first month of the season. So the last three games he's played, he's been wide receiver 68, wide receiver 67 and wide receiver 78. That's not good. That is not good. Now, I don't know if this, is the reason why, but during those three games, this is when uh, Greg Dulcich has come into the lineup as well. So just something to keep your eye on. And then when we look at his opponent this week, the Titans, they're giving up the third most points to the wide receiver position. And that includes third most per game to wide receivers who line out wide. So with that said, with such a juicy, juicy, juicy matchup, Cortland Sutton's talent as well. I'm going to give a, he can't do that. It's not happening, big dog. It's not happening. <laughs> the fake out. <laughs> the fake out indeed. It ain't happening. He can't do that. Yeah. I, you know, there's, it's just, it's just been too long since we've seen this man do that. And he's not getting, um, Russ isn't forcing those targets to him the way he was to kind of start the year. So yeah. Tough break. Right. right. <laughs> Yeah, I bet if you looked at the numbers as well for like those last three or four games too, comparing it with Judy as well, you would probably see better numbers for Judy. But let's look at this last one. Will Donovan Peoples-Jones, we just talked about him a little while ago on the matchups. Will he finish as a wide receiver three, so basically a top 36 wide receiver, or better this week versus those Miami Dolphins? What say you, my boy? I'm not even going to belabor the point. Yeah, he can do that. Yeah. I'm marking him down for that. Just like we were talking about in our last little deep dive, um, the man's out there for 90-plus percent of the routes. Miami is a good matchup, and his target share has been more than respectable recently. And this game um, has, you know, this game has a profile of a a shootout. So I think all the ingredients are there, so I'm going to go ahead 
ride with DPJ and say, yeah, he can do that. For What's sure, for you? sure. I love it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just do two quick stats. I'll just lead off first. He going to do that. He going to do that. That's going to happen. But just a couple of stats. Um, 18.6 target share on a 13.7 A dot on the year. Um, he's almost top 20 in air yards per game within the last four games. And he's actually finished as a top 36 wide receiver his last three games. So, yeah, I'm going to say he's going to do that. Juicy matchup. And Joku's, I mean, he said he wanted to play, but I don't think he's playing. Yeah, he's going to yeah. do that. Top 36. Line him up. Yes, yeah. sir. So to recap, we're both in step on everything. We got to, I can do that. He ain't going to do that. And I can do that. So, yeah, we'll look at these next week and see where we landed on them. For sure. Well, let's go ahead and do a little DBB, my man. Um, AKA the Brothers Battle. We got our betting sheet that we do where we basically are betting every game, either the spread or the over-under. Tonight's matchup, we'll have those Atlanta Falcons traveling to the Carolina Panthers. Atlanta is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 44. Daryl, what are you going to do in this matchup, my man? Well, I'm going to lay the three points with the Falcons. That's that's a okay. That's the way I see it. I think um, I think what we saw last week out of Carolina when they just got absolutely debacled by by the <laughs> by the by the Bengals, I think that's more in line with who they are than what we saw against Atlanta the the week before. So I think that basically. Arthur Smith is just going to watch that tape of Joe Mixon just running hog wild through that Carolina defensive backfield. He's going to be like, oh, we can do that too. And that's going to be, that's just going to be what it is in, in, in this game. So yeah, give me, give me Atlanta minus the three points tonight. What about you? Okay. Got you locked in on Atlanta on the sheet. Well, I mean, I was looking to play the spread in this game at first, and then I sat down and just started reviewing some items, such as how the spreads are looking now and also the weather conditions. So this line has moved, or the over-under has moved from 44 to like 41, 41 and a half on Bovada. Mm -hmm. And along with that, along with that, sorry about that, it's supposed to be bad weather there. It's supposed to be rain and wind going on for this game. So I'm going to just play all those factors all together, and I'm getting basically some added value here. I'm going to just play the under, man. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart because neither one of those quarterbacks need anything more to go wrong than just, you know, kind of being in the offenses they're in. You know, you you you, yeah. you throw you throw some weather in the ointment, and that's yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a solid pick. That, yeah. that's a solid pick that under for sure. And I'm sure people are gonna hear that and be like, "Well, just two weeks ago they just put up a 71 piece. What you talking about?" And I'm just like, 
Yeah, both these teams still ain't good, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just playing the Thursday under matchup that's been pretty good this year and weather, and that's what I'll go with. Yeah, I saw some – man, I wish – now that you say that about the unders and whatnot, I wish I – I saw something like the unders this year are 81 and 55 throughout all games that have been played so far. So like My the, goodness. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been a profitable year to just, you know, if you blind bet and just go grab you under somewhere. But uh but yeah, don't don't quote that specific number, but I know it's it's something like that. It's it's nearly like sixty percent, sixty forty to the under so far this year. Um which goes hand in hand with why fantasy scoring is down so much. Right. And why if you have one particular guy go off in your lineup, you're probably gonna win. Yep. But <laughs> For sure. Well, we got our picks in for DBB. That's going to be the end of our podcast. If you want to reach out to us, we are on the Twitter sphere at the Brothers FF, D A Brothers FF, as well as reach out to us by email, man. Same, the Brothers FF at gmail.com. Hey, good luck on your week 10 matchups. My name is Derek and my brother Daryl. We're out of here, man. Take it easy. Peace.